0: jāgrijam krishne sap tayam agavāmīti. śaṅta maha bhagavata, kṛṣṇa-siāy khandi yastasyā jāgrijam krṣṇe, sap tayam Synonyms. Please repeat. śaṅta— Vidra vidura— vidura— a great devotee of the Lord. Great of the Lord. Krishnasya 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 of Lord krishna Of Lord Krishna. Lord krishna. Ekantikaha. Unalloyed devotee. devotee. Eka means one. Eka-akantika. Analoid devotee. Suhrit. Suhrit. Intimate friend. friend. ya who. Syaadu, abandon, Agrijam, Abrijam. his elder brother, his elder brother. Kring, King, Dhritarashtra. King Dhritarashtra Krishna, toward Krishna, so along with his one hundred sons, Agavan, offender, et. Thus. Thus Translation by His Divine Grace Our Savior Savior of the world Sri Prabhupada Shonaka inquired about Vidra Who was a great devotee and friend of Lord Krishna And who gave up the company of his elder brother Because the latter Along with his sons Played tricks against the desires Of the Lord hmm. Interesting how Prabhupada renders that Please repeat. Shonaka Rishi inquired about Vidura, Vidura. who was a great devotee and friend of Lord Krishna, and and who gave up the company of his elder brother, brother. because the latter, along with his sons, sons. played tricks against the desires of the Lord. Lord. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> the incident referred to here is that Vidura left the protection of his elder brother Dhritarashtra, went traveling everywhere to sacred places, and met Maitreya at Hardwar. Shonaka Rishi here inquires about the topics of the conversation between Maitreya Rishi. And Vidura. Vidura's qualification was that he was not only a friend of, Lord, of the Lord, but also a great devotee. When Krishna tried to stop the war and mitigate the misunderstanding between the cousin brothers, they refused to accept his counsel. Therefore, Shukra or Vidura, was unsatisfied with them and he left the palace. As a devotee, Vidura showed the example that anywhere that Krishna is not honored is a place unfit for human habitation. Very important statement. Can anyone think of some place that is where Krishna is generally not honored? about the whole place? Generally speaking, it's like wherever the family we grew up in. <laughs> but that's not always the case. Some of us have parents that well. Honor the Lord. A devotee may be tolerant regarding his own interest, but he should not be tolerant when there is misbehavior toward the Lord or the Lord's devotee. Here, the word Agavan is very significant, for it indicates that the Kauravas, Dhritarashtra's sons, lost the war because of being sinful in disobeying the instructions of Krishna. Boy, there's so much here. Sata Mahabhagavata. Krishna's Tika Surit. Yastat Ya Saptayam Iti. Shonakarishi inquired about Vidura, who was a great devotee and friend of Lord Krishna, and who gave up the company of his elder brother because the latter, along with his sons, played tricks against the desires of the Lord. So that is a very a liberal uh, explanation of the behavior of Dhritarashtra and the Guru family. They didn't just play tricks against the desires of the Lord. They tried to thwart Krishna's plans at every moment, uh, especially by mistreating Krishna's great devotees, the Pandavas, Maharaj Yudhisthira, uh, Bhima Arjuna, Nakula and Sahadeva the five sons of Pandava and Kunti who were great devotees of Krishna and we're going to read a little bit about that and about this whole episode which is a major part of the Mahabharata. Um, Is how the whole Kurukshetra war came about because of this disagreement between the Kurus and the Pandavas. And the Pandavas were the rightful heirs to the throne But because they were very young when their father passed away, uh, their father's brother, Dhritarashtra, assumed the um, stewardship of the kingdom. Even though, actually as the elder brother of Pandava, Dhritarashtra should have been the king. But because he was blind, he was unqualified. The ruler or the leader should not be blind. He should be able to see. But Dhritarastha's blindness was more than just lack of physical eyesight. Dhritarastha's blindness was spiritual, lack of spiritual sight. And that a blind person can have equally as well as a sighted person. It is not a question of the uh, organs of sight. It is a question of the consciousness of the person, the consciousness of the soul. So that spiritual vision does not depend upon physical eyesight but it is a different type of vision that is the internal vision of the living entity. So one who is not Krishna conscious is spiritually blind and this is the case with Dhritarashtra. Um, Unlike the rest of his family he was not a devotee of Krishna and especially he was attached to his eldest son Duryodhana who is very much a non-devotee, and um, so we're going to read about a little bit about this whole situation. It's a very ecstatic uh, to hear this lila. Uh, so we are on the eve of radastami, uh, and I wanted to say something in that regard, but we will leave that for tomorrow. We'll hear from Nanja Prabhu and then devotees will share their realizations about Radharani during the uh, Mahotsava. Does anyone not know what Mahotsava is? Okay. Utsava means festival and Maha means great, just like the Hare Krishna mantra is the Maha mantra. So when you have a great festival with a celebration of the appearance of the Lord, like John Moss to me, uh, or Radhasthami, which is Rīmāti Rādhika's appearance. And it is a festival, but it is a great festival, Mahotsava. So uh, that is going on tomorrow in Mahotsava. So it just so happened that yesterday, Sundamini picked up this book off of my table and began to read from the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam. Uh, Third Canto, Chapter 1, which is questions by Vidura. And by the arrangement of Krishna, this whole lila about Vidura and Dhritarashtra and Krishna and the Pandavas and Duryodhana is covered in this first chapter of the Third Canto, which is 19 chapters back, so we actually already have visited this. So today, because of this wonderful verse about Uh, We're going to revisit this again and read a little bit. And this is uh, Shukadev Goswami speaking to Maharaj Pariksir. Yudhisthira, who was born without any enemy, was unfairly defeated in gambling. But because he had taken the vow of truthfulness, he went off to the forest. When he came back in due course and begged the return of his rightful share of the kingdom, he was refused by Dhritarashtra who was overwhelmed by illusion." So the Pandavas were cheated out of their share of the kingdom uh, by Sukuni who was from Afghanistan, by the way. and um, That was part of India then. and. Uh, Bakuni was the cousin of Driharasa. Drijarasa's wife was named Gandhari. Uh, she was the daughter of Maharaj Gandhar. And still that province exists in Afghanistan, Kandahar. You may have heard of that in the news. Because we're still fighting a war there, unfortunately. Kandahar, that's Gandhara. And her name was Gandhari. And she was such a great personality that when her marriage was arranged to Dhritarashtra, who was blind because she was a chaste and faithful woman who accepted that it was her duty to follow in her husband's footsteps, she bound her eyes so that she was also blind, uh, out of deference to her husband. That is unprecedented devotion. Uh, <clears throat> that she And she was very powerful because of this. She became so powerful that she was gifted with this power that um, when it was before the battle of Kurukshetra she wanted to offer protection to her son Duryodhana. So she told him that he must come before her unclothed and that she would take off the covering from her eye and glance upon him. And that glance was so powerful that it would render his body invincible and he would be uh, uh, undefeatable in battle. But a little bit out of shyness, Duryodhana wore a gumsha because he didn't want to be completely naked before his mother. So when she took off the covering from her eyes and she looked at him, his body became like strong as iron. But unfortunately he was wearing the gumsha, which covers his waist, and therefore he was killed by Bemis Singh with his club, by breaking his thigh. That part remained vulnerable. Kind of like Achilles' heel, being dipped in that, whatever that Greek river was, where he would be completely alone, but he was dipped in and was held by his heel, and therefore his heel was vulnerable, the great Greek hero Achilles. So when someone has a weak spot, it's called the Achilles' heel. It could also be called the Duryodhana thigh. But in the Western culture, this is famous, this Achilles heel, someone's weakness, their weak point. <clears throat> like a leader, his Achilles heel may be that he is so interested in his own personal ego and aggrandizement that he does and says foolish things for all to hear. <laughs> Perhaps on Twitter, <laughs> especially on Twitter. <clears throat> And therefore he is revealed to everyone as a fool, because of saying foolish things, as as Achilles' heel. Or another example of that would be um, the uh, vice presidential frontrunner. He is known for sticking his foot in his mouth and saying uh, exaggerated, inaccurate things. And then of course the news media, they go and check it and they see that everything he said was uh, factually incorrect. He's known for that. He always, he's always he been doing that for years. <laughs> so he's famous for sticking his foot in his mouth. That's his Achilles heel, as it were. He, he gets the whole foot in his mouth except the heel, perhaps. So, um, the Achilles heel of Duryodhana was that his thighs were unprotected because they did not receive the glance, the power of Mother Gandhari, who was very powerful. And normally, her, she was so powerful that those wrapped eyes were uh, kept like that. Because of the power of her austerity and her vow and following, she became supernaturally empowered. Pretty fantastic, huh? Mahabharata is filled with all sorts of things like this. Uh, but the Achilles heel of Dhritarashtra, is that even though his son, Duryodhana, he was so affectionate and attached to him, but Duryodhana is a very bad actor. He's a bad boy. And he always goes against Krishna and he hates the Pandavas, who are Krishna's devotees. So this is a great disqualification. So we'll read on about this. Vidura is going to point this out to Duryodhana and give him spiritual instruction which, out of his spiritual blindness, Dhritarashtra is unable to follow. Lord Krishna was sent into the assembly as the spiritual master of the whole world. So Krishna was sent by Arjuna as a peace emissary to make some peace arrangement between the Pandavas and the Korvas. Because he's the friend of the Pandavas, he personally acted as their messenger. Even though he's God, because Krishna says that that I am, my devotees are in my heart and I am in their heart and so there's nothing more dear to Krishna than his devotees and he'll do anything. He will serve his devotees, that is the nature of the love of God for his devotees. So Krishna loves his devotees so much that he'll uh, sidestep his great position as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and act as the messenger. He also acted as the chariot driver of Arjuna in the battle of Kurukshetra. He said that he would personally not take part in the battle, but uh, he would not fight because it wouldn't be fair if Krishna fought because he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. No one could defeat him. But he acted instead as the chariot driver of Arjuna. So there's one pastime of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was touring South India. Uh, in his twenties. And he came upon one Brahmana in front of a temple in South India who was reading Bhagavad Gita, but unfortunately this Brahmana was illiterate and could not pronounce the Sanskrit very well and he couldn't read properly. And he was sitting in front of the temple trying to read the Gita and mispronouncing everything and doing everything wrong. And people would come by and they would laugh at him and make fun of him. Look at this. What kind of fool is this Brahman? What kind of Brahman is he? He's just a fool. He doesn't understand anything. He's such a doofus. Uh, Yet he was sitting there and tears were coming from his eyes as he was trying to read Bhagavad Gita. So Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna himself, the combination of Radha and Krishna, Exhibiting the love of Radharani for Krishna in human form, uh, Lord Caitanya came upon this scene, and he asked him, "My dear sir, I see you are reading Bhagavad Gita, uh, but I see also that you are crying. Can you kindly explain to me what is the situation?" And the brahmana told him that my spiritual master gave me the order to read Bhagavad Gita every day. So. I cannot read very well. I'm practically illiterate. Yet, just to follow my my spiritual master's order, I sit here in front of the temple every day and try to read the Gita. But when I read the Gita, I see the picture of Krishna driving the chariot of Arjuna. How the Lord has become the servant of his devotee. And this moves my heart. So much did I become moved to tears, and then my eyes filled with tears, and I cannot even properly see to read, and thus I am chanting and making so many mistakes, and everyone is making fun of me and Lord Chaitanya embraced him and said, "You are the real knower of uh, Bhagavad Gita and then a wonderful pastime was Lord Chaitanya and the brahmana so um Krishna was sent by Arjuna into the assembly as the spiritual master of the whole world. And although his words were heard by some, like Bhishma, as pure nectar, it was not so for others who were completely bereft of the last farthing of past pious works. The king, Dhritarastha, or Duryodhana did not take the words of Lord Krishna very seriously. So, Lord Krishna is the Supreme Lord. He's addressed in Bhagavad-gita as the spiritual master of all the worlds, Jagat guru by Arjuna. So, when the Lord comes to speak, He's the Jagat guru He's the supremely learned personality. He always gives good instructions for everyone's benefit. So His devotees, like Bhima, they heard the words of Krishna in the assembly of the Kurus. Everything that was coming from Krishna's mouth, They heard that like pure nectar, uh, not Bhima, but Bhishma, grandfather Bhishma, who was on the side of the Kuru's, He was obliged to be on that family side, even though he's also a great devotee of Krishna. But when Krishna's speaking, Bhishma Dev, who is the grandsire of the entire dynasty and so, his heart was so filled with remorse at seeing all this conflagration between the two parts of the family. And he heard Krishna's entreaties to please let us have peace and bring about a solution and avoid this fratricidal war. He was moved to ecstasy because he heard Krishna's words like pure nectar, like pouring nectar just directly into the ear. Tavakatamritam taptajivanam, it said in the 10th canto. The Tavakatamritam, that the, the words that describe your pastimes katha, krishna-katha, ritam amrita, they are just like nectar, tava ritam tapta-jivanam, and they are the life, tapta-jivanam, of those devotees who have dedicated their lives to hearing and chanting Krishna's glories. So that is sound is like nectar, even more so than the sound of the jackhammers uh, in the back portion here, but that is also nectar because they are fixing everything. <laughs> That is like nectar for the that is like nectar for the devotees that are suffering without power and facility for so long in this hot Arizona summer. And similarly to see the uh, TEP pole digging crew come this morning after uh, receiving the customer service receiving severe verbal chastisement yesterday which was I took as a devotional service to Krishna they were taking their time and we needed some results and I told them that in no uncertain terms and I got very fired up as I tend to do sometimes a little carried away but here they are digging the hole (laughs) message was received apparently thank goodness that was how I spent the first part of Bhagavatam class yesterday a different hearing and chanting Uh, they're digging the hole that's all i know so far hole first hole second wire third power fourth it is a process just like krishna consciousness is a process we have to follow the process of hearing chanting remembering serving and then we get the result so similarly they're doing the process digging the hole putting the pole running the wire and then we'll get the result we'll have the power back and we can keep the Temple room, a nice controlled temperature for the pleasure of Srila Prabhupada, uh, Radha and all the devotees as well. And then we don't have to be so much in anxiety. I always think in anxiety about keeping the door closed. You know, that joke, when is the door not a door? When it's ajar. So, um, I always trying to close the door to keep what little air conditioning we had it, for the pleasure of Srila Prabhupada and Nanamadha. So, Dev he's hearing, and the Pandavas are hearing Krishna's words in the assembly. And it's just like nectar to them. But Dhritarashtra and Duryodhana, not so much. They are not feeling it. Duryodhana had no patience for Krishna the Pandavas. He hated the Pandavas' guts and all his every fiber was being and wanted to destroy them. And the Pandavas were trying to appeal, okay, well if you can't give us our share of the kingdom, we're chachas, we have to rule. That is our nature, we're leaders. So, at least give us five villages, one for each Pandava, and we can rule over those five villages. And Juryodhana said, I will not give you as much land as can fit under the head of a pin. He just wanted to destroy them. And he hated Krishna very much. And in the end, he got his when Bhima, with his club, broke his vulnerable thighs, the part that was not seen by Gandhari. So let us continue with this narration. Krishna is everyone's lord, Prabhupada writes in the purport. Yet, because he was the transcendental friend of Arjuna, he gladly accepted the role of messenger, exactly like an ordinary friend. That is the beauty of the Lord's behavior with his pure devotees. He reached the assembly and spoke about peace. And the message was relished by Bhijma and other great leaders because it was spoken by the Lord himself. But not so for the Kurus. And Prabhupada says, The message of Godhead is always like nectar to the devotees, But it is just the opposite to the non-devotees. Sugar candy is always sweet to a healthy man, but it tastes very bitter to persons suffering from jaundice. So when one has jaundice, he takes the sugar candy, which is the cure for the jaundice, and he tastes it to be very bitter. And so he doesn't want to take it at all. So that sugar candy, that sweetness is Krishna-katha, that which is spoken by Krishna, that which is spoken about Krishna. And it is very relishable to the devotees. Satam prashangam, mama virya sambevo. Bevanti hrit karana, karana rasayana kata. Parna means ear. That, that Krishna kata, when relished in the association of devotees, um, according to the, uh, we'll read soon in chapter 25 of the third canto, we're in chapter 20 now, instructions of Lord Kapila Kapiladev to his mother. Um, it, when we hear about Krishna and the association of devotees, um, it is very pleasing both to the ear and to the heart. Karna means the ear, Vasaya Nakata, hut means the heart. So it is just like pouring nectar into the ear. Nectar which is very relishable to drink but it is coming in the form of sound vibration and it is like pouring soothing nectar on the burning heart. Our heart is burning in this material world. We're burning with so many desires. We're burning because of our suffering. We're burning because of unhappiness and misery. Because of our our being separated from our, our real position as devotees of Krishna. And when we engage in this hearing of Krishna-kata, then we are soothed, we feel the soothing, nectarian feeling. That is the love of Krishna that is washing over us, through the ear and entering into the heart. So it has a great potency, this hearing and chanting about Krishna. So this is something that every devotee needs to take very seriously, this hearing and chanting about Krishna. In the association of devotees. It is required. Uh, it is the only thing that will save us. Nivrtatirashir Upagi Yamana. Bhavaushidach Chotivanobiramad. Ya Kakutama Sloka Guna Nuvada Pumang Vira Jaita Bina Pushudna. Who will not hear this Krishna katha? Uh, those who have given up Nivrta Krishna, their attachment to this material world. They are very eager to hear this Krishna Kata. Bavo Shadash uh, Chota Menobama. It's the Baba Asaudi. Uh, it is the medicine. It is the right medicine for curing our disease, our disease of Bhava Roga, our, our disease of material existence. Srila Prabhupada was quoting this verse in his very last days. He was in his room in Vrindavan. And his body was, apparently, overwhelmed by a disease condition. He was in such a condition that even his doctor said, no ordinary man could even tolerate the pain he must be feeling. Yet he continues to live and act like everything is just normal. And the Kaviraj came to him, there was one Kaviraj, who was also a devotee. And he was bringing the medicine. And Prabhupada said, just bring the devotees and let them go on chanting Hare Krishna in my room while I'm getting ready to leave my body because Bavo this is the real medicine. This is the real cure for our material existence. Prabhupada was quoting this verse where an ordinary person would be complaining. You know, it is sort of well known that when people get old they all complain about their pains in their back and their joints and they they get together and they talk about all their maladies and you know I see the old people and they're talking about their medicare and their hospital and and this is their kata. but they should be taking the real medicine instead of the prescriptions that they get covered under medicare part b at least 80% Uh, they should be hearing and chanting about Krishna. Because That is the real medicine for the disease that all of us are suffering. It is not just old age and disease uh, for the old people, but it is birth, death, old age, and disease for everyone. You may be at this point, someone else may be at that point, someone is 20 years old, someone is 40, someone is 60, someone is 80, someone is fixing to go. But it is the same condition of life, the same miseries, the same power of the maya, of the illusory energy that is forcing everyone to suffer because of forgetfulness of Krishna. Therefore, when we remember Krishna, when we hear and we chant, then we are negating the effects of that illusion, of that suffering. And we are progressing uh, step by step by step. Padu uh, swadhu, paday, paday, And it becomes sweeter and sweeter step by step, this hearing and chanting about Krishna. swadu, swadhu, pade, pade. More relishable step by step. Or as one shloka by Rupa Goswami explains, he explains that how it's Krishna's, uh, I can't remember exactly, Krishna's uh, lips are very sweet, his face is very, his smiling face is very sweet. And then when he plays his flute, it's even sweeter still. So each verse has this word, each line of the verse has this word, Maruram. Maru means sweet, so Maruram. And then the last line of the shloka is, Maruram, 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 Maruram. Sweet, 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 sweet. Our devotees used to say back in the old days, sweet, sweet, those lotus feet can't be beat. (laughs) So, um, relishing. In the old St. Louis temple, I was there in the late 70s when it was a, it was a house and it was condemned and it was going to be demolished and uh, the facilities were not very good and then right after that they moved into the new building, the place where they still are to this day, in St. Louis. And uh, I remember having to go down into the basement of the house for a shower which had like a little wooden things, plywood around it for privacy, you'd go in. And And then there was this, someone had taken a a magic marker and had written on the plywood, drawn a pair of Krishna's lotus feet there, and then there was a little uh, statement there, Surrender here. (laughs) No, don't surrender to the basement, no, not surrender to taking the, you know, barely dribbling cold water out of the broken pipes, but surrender to Krishna's lotus feet, that was the message. Very nicely put by someone. I don't know who that was, but it was wonderful. So when Vidura was invited by his elder brother, Dhritarashtra, for consultation, he entered the house and gave instructions which were exactly to the point. His advice is well known, and instructions by Vidura are approved by expert ministers of state. And this is what Vidura said to Dhritarashtra. You must now return the legitimate share of the kingdom to Yudhishthir, who has no enemies and who has been forbearing through untold sufferings due to your offenses. He is waiting with his younger brothers, among whom is the revengeful Bhima, breathing heavily like a snake. Bhima's is extremely powerful warrior. And very agitated about the whole situation with the Kuru's mistreating the Pandavas. He was patient, but he was waiting for his chance to strike, like breathing heavily like a snake. And Vidura tells Riturashtra, surely you are afraid of him. Lord Krishna, the personality of Godhead, has accepted the sons of Pritha as his kinsmen, and all the kings of the world are with Lord Sri Krishna. He is present in his home with all his family members, the kings and princes of the Yadu dynasty, who have conquered an unlimited number of rulers, and he is their lord. So this is some good political advice. Why are you going against Krishna? He's aligned with all the important kings, the Yadu dynasty, and the Pandavas are his devotees. Why, why are you such a fool that you're going against him? And here's a nice prayer port I'll read. The Chaitryas used to fight the kings of various dominions and kidnap their beautiful princess daughters after conquering their relatives. This system was laudable because the Chaitryas and the princesses would be married only on the basis of chivalry of the conquering Chaitrya. All the young princes of the Yadu dynasty married the daughters of other kings in this way by chivalrous force, and thus they were conquerors of all the kings of the world. Vidura wanted to impress upon his elder brother that fighting with the Pandavas was fraught with many dangers because they were supported by Lord Krishna, who had conquered, even in his childhood, demons like Kamsa and Jada Sunda and demigods like Brahman and Indua, Indra. Therefore, our universal power was behind the Pandavas. So it's like, not a good idea to go against the Pandavas. You're going against Krishna. When he was a kid, he defeated Lord Brahma and Lord Indra in his pastimes in Vrindavan. When Brahma tried to bewilder Krishna by stealing the cowherd boys and the cats, Krishna defeated him by exhibiting superior potencies. And when Lord Indra tried to uh, rain out the inhabitants of Vrindavan, Krishna lifted Govardhan hill, completely defeated Krishna's power, uh, Indra's power. By the a seven-year-old child, who lifts the entire mountain and uh, like a giant umbrella. The whole rain thing defeated. That's Brahman Indra. You are maintaining offense personified, Duryodhana, as your infallible son. But he is envious of Lord Krishna. He called him offense personified. (laughs) And because you are thus maintaining a non devotee of Krishna, you are devoid of all auspicious qualities. Relieve yourself of this ill fortune as soon as possible, and do good to the whole family. While speaking thus, Vidura, whose personal character was esteemed by respectable persons, was insulted by Duryodhana, who was swollen with anger and whose lips were trembling. Duryodhana was in the company with Karna, his younger brothers, and his maternal uncle, Shakuni, that's the brother of Gandhari, And some commentators have pointed out that the most clever politician in the whole Mahabharata was Shakuni. There was only one person who was a more clever and able politician than Shakuni. Shakuni was very crafty and intelligent. He engineered the dice game that deprived the Pandavas of their kingdom. Who knows who the one politician that was more intelligent, more crafty, and superior to Shakuni was? Lord Krishna. <laughs> who is the supreme hero of the Mahabharata. But Shakuni was second only to Krishna in his uh, potency as a great politician, and crafty uh, tactician. So Duryodhana, when Vidura was preaching to Dhritarashtra in the palace about this, Duryodhana was present and he became really agitated. And he said, <laughs> about Vidura. Who asked him to come here, this son of a kept mistress? He is so crooked that he spies in the interest of the enemy against those on whose support he has grown up. Toss him out of the palace immediately and leave him with only his breath. Thus being pierced by the arrows through his ears and afflicted to the core of his heart, Vidura placed his bow on the door and quit his brother's palace. He was not sorry For he considered the acts of the external energy to be supreme. So he tried his best, just like Lord Krishna tried his best, to bring about a peaceful settlement between the Pandavas and the Kauravas. And Vidura tried his best to convince his half-brother, Dhritarashtra, to ameliorate the situation and get rid of Duryodhana. Uh, But... Dhritarashtra knew that he was right also, he knew this was good counsel, he could not accept it because of his blind attachment to his son Duryodhana, who was a great rascal, he was a, uh, a thorn in the side of the family, and he needed to be destroyed, because if he wasn't destroyed he would end up destroying the whole family, which he did, he destroyed the whole Kuru family. And Judah knew this, but he couldn't. Just like a heroin addict, he knows he should give up the needle, but he can't give it up because of his weakness and his attachment. That is, they say that addiction. You know, they say it's some genetic thing and this and that. But it's actually the weakness and the attachment of the conditioned soul for enjoying sense gratification, and he doesn't want to give it up. He wants to go on enjoying, even though it's killing him. It'll be his very death. And this is what happened to the Kuru family. So Vidura, he was a very learned devotee. He's actually the incarnation of Yamaraj, who was cursed to take birth as a son of a shudra by Manudaka Muni. So he was not entitled to any uh, a privilege of being able to sit on the throne even though he was also the half-brother of the Dur, because he was the son of a Dasiputra the son of a, one of the maidservants in the palace that's a whole nother Lila, I'm not going to go into that now, it's very fascinating that's how Dhritarashtra became blind because uh, Vyasadeva was asked to stand in for the uh, dead brother and. So he came a couple of times, and one time he came, and uh, he was so ugly and fearful of Dave, uh, a great hairy sage with matted hair and smelling not so good, even though he's the empowered incarnation, very fearful looking features. And so when he approached, she closed her eyes out of fear, and thus the child of that union, was Dhritarashtra who was born blind and another time happened, the girl was shaking when she saw him came, shaking and she turned pale and then Pandava, the father of the Pandavas, uh, was born and he was very pale pondered, yeah, very pale and sickly uh, and then another time he came and then the servant girl was sent to substitute instead And thus Vidura was born as the son of the maidservant. So therefore, he has the the royal lineage in his blood from his paternal side, who is Vyasadeva. But his mother was Dasiputra, unqualified. Uh, So he couldn't be the king, according to the social custom of the time. So these are some leelas of the Lord and his devotees in the Mahabharata in relation to Vidura, who is now being Spoken about in the introduction to this chapter, where we're going to have more conversation between Maitreya and Vidura. So, any questions, comments, realizations? Yes. Just like two quick questions. I think um, I was wondering if the uh, Aishikurus, if they uh, knew that Krishna was a God above all, knew his position. They should have known. He revealed himself. But because of blindness, they could not see, they could not accept. And then I was wondering, in that dice game that you talked about being engineered, was, were they cheating? Was that Shikuni was that? cheating, yeah. He was a wizard, he had these magical dice that would obey his commands. So, you know, like like in the old cowboy movies. And you know, all the cowboys, we noticed in the old cowboy movies, a lot of these guys had New York accents. <laughs> because they were actors from New York. And the cowboys would, you know, pull out their gun to, in the poker game, these cards are (laughs) marked. So yeah, it was a rigged cheating game, meant to cheat them out of their kingdom. And Shakuni was the wizard of the magical dice that would obey his command, whatever he wanted them to show up. He could roll snake eyes every time or whatever. So that's not fair. It seems like the Pandabas are made their intelligence covered some. The like whole thing concerned. is Krishna's Leela. He allowed the cheaters to cheat, but then came the day of reckoning, the Kurukshetra war, and all the gurus, except Dhritarashtra, were killed in the battle, especially Duryodhana and his 100 brothers. Anyone else? Yes. So there, was, there was a lesson in there about um, gambling, you know, but, but he used it because he was a Kshatriya, he was challenged so he had to do it. He couldn't but refuse. But at the same time, you know, it was going on and on and was like a fever. And so, like he said, it's all a arrangement, but there was... There's a good instruction there about gambling. That instruction is, do not go to the Indian casinos <laughs> and gamble Krishna's money. That is the instruction. Please, all devotees follow. That's one of our regular principles. Just in case anyone was thinking about that. Someone else? Nothing? Okay, Hi, thank I, you. I, I, I was wondering, uh, yes. in connection with who was, was, was this a scriptural reference when some you were saying uh, Kind of About him being a great politician? Well, either yeah, uh, or somebody else was, uh, was uh, trying to actually. Just, he was he was a closet Kandava because he was trying to destroy the Kurus. Yes, he he actually wanted to destroy the Kuru families. Chikuni did because of something that happened before. Because he was defeated by the Kurus that came to Kandahar, he was defeated and and embarrassed militarily. Uh-huh. That is in the Mahabharata. Yes, and he had a grudge. So he, because his sister married into the family, then he came as a friend to the family to aid and assist them. But really, he wanted them to be destroyed by the Pandavas. Mm -hmm. And he knew that the Pandavas were not able to be actually defeated. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he wanted to bring about the whole Kurukshetra war in order to get his revenge on the Kurus. Even though he's right in their midst as their loyal family member. So when he's laughing like a jackal, you know, after every I won, he's actually acting because he knows this is going to be the end of the cruise. That's far out. It's in the Mahabharata. Huh? Yeah, wow. it's here. yeah, It is there. If you we have time I'm, to read and study the Mahabharata. It's, it's we think like of that. him almost like Yudhishthira. He's such a, a villain. Yeah, he's a double agent villain. It's double agent. <laughs> it's the original double agent. Long before the Cold War. Okay, so we'll stop here. Thank you all very much. She Prabhupada yeah. Gija. Srimad Bhagavatam